Hey, welcome back to the Kingsway Podcast. Welcome. 2024 is here, and we are in it. We are. We uh we did this crazy thing to start our uh, sermon series slash kind of learning process on Sunday mornings with a series called Lynchpins, and then mm-hmm. something funky happened in the last yeah. week. Uh, a cable broke. It's uh that's what I thought it was. I haven't told you this yet, but it was just a setting in the board that oh, got touched. That so is deep in the board, so hard. I've been with it for three and a half years. I thought I knew everything, and I learned something new about it this that time. That is so funny. I did not want to learn something new, but I <laughs> had to. So, yeah. what we decided to do as kind of a what happened olive was branch. the live stream has no audio. yeah as an olive branch because the live stream had no audio the Facebook live had no audio and it was the conclusion of the series and I know there's some people that maybe wanted to go back and watch it or or missed it completely or were counting on the live stream and then didn't have yeah. the chance to watch it and so we don't, we're not gonna have me just preach the sermon um, but I we thought it would be like a good thing to just walk through the content a little bit talk about the sermon mm-hmm. series as a whole because. I've had probably more positive feedback and then like conversations around like people actually feeling convicted and like genuinely wanting to do the things that we talked about in this series in a meaningful, impactful way, not out of like feeling obligated, but genuinely wanting to try. Yeah. And like, um, some of the things that we said in the series is it's not about finding the perfect method or going or being perfect. It's about trying to, to find that constant direction and that's what that consistency is really trying to do is just find that constant yeah. direction. I feel like I've gone through – it would be good to set up the whole series in case mm. somebody's just watching this podcast episode by themselves. Yep. But if if you're not, it's a good refresher anyway. Yeah. Um, I feel like just me as a person, there's something about the self-helpy kind of mm-hmm. uh, sermon series and books and all these things that I just feel allergic to. I just feel like like secondhand embarrassment. I'm, I'm yep. embarrassed that you're going through this. And so, like, sometimes when we get into topical stuff, never here do I feel that way, but I always feel the, like, oh, it's going to be topical. Yep. I'm prepared to not like, like it. it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> just like you were saying, with a lot of people, this has been a really, like, good, formative, healthy mm-hmm. thing. It's not like get one less cup of coffee per week. So It's like... It was a secret thing that I was doing, and it, I don't know if I've even told you this. Probably not. Um, so Otherwise, it wouldn't be secret. I, it, would, it was a secret thing that I was – so a, a lot, of, not every sermon series, but a lot of sermon series, um, it's not that the message is changing. It's that then the method of delivery is changing. So a lot of times it's not that you need something new, mystery. It's actually you just need – the simplistic thing that you already knew delivered in a new way so that mm-hmm. it spawns you to actually learn, grow, you know, take your next step. Yeah. And so really what this was was a three-week, like, exposing of the power of silence and solitude. Yeah. That's it's really what yeah. it was trying to do. And, like, trying to create this place where we just slowed down and we just gave God an opportunity and we lifted up this relational side of what it means to be spiritually mature and what a linchpin that is to mm-hmm. learning and growing and experiencing and tasting the goodness of God. And I had that in the back of my mind where I'm like, if I could just get people to get alone and and get quiet with God, I really feel like it would be a linchpin in 2024. 
Like yeah. that was like that yeah. in my back of my mind. But I knew if I just said that, that they'd be like, so I need a prayer closet and that just need to pray more. Or like, yeah. what does it look like? I think you, you unintentionally inspired one of our members to read a book called keep it shut. <laughs> <laughs> and when I heard the title, I was like, I feel sorry for you for how offensive that book title is, yeah. but like, Probably good because it's in line with what we're talking yep. about, but that's just like a shut it, shut <laughs> your mouth and just be quiet. Like, and I mean, it really was like a culmination of like yeah. you and John talking about you know the the relentless elimination of hurry um, by John Mark Homer, that Dallas Willard quote in his book, um, but then also just like for me feeling like th- there's nothing else I could add in someone else's life. Really, what I would do is I'd take something out and and just make space for God. Like, yeah. And so the series really was built around that concept of like make room for God and then do it consistently. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing was like trust him, basically. It's yeah. just like, just, all right, now do it. Like yeah. trust him and run to him and depend on him because when you do that, it creates this intimacy that you're ultimately looking for. Yeah. Um. So I don't want to like, I don't want to like harp on this too much, but I, I basically had this, Great quote that John Coward actually gave me in the last uh, in our last preaching meeting before this last sermon, where he quoted Jonathan Edwards, and he talked about this idea of. I was if, telling somebody about this, and I said John Wesley, yeah. and I was like, "Or the other Jonathan <laughs> from that time." Yeah. <laughs> Whoops, it's really funny. Uh, it's Jonathan Edwards, and it's uh, one thing to tell somebody what honey tastes like; it's a completely different thing to taste honey yourself. And when when John Coward said that, I was like that that's exactly mm-hmm. what this whole series is like that that is what i wanted people to experience it's just like i don't want their faith to be based on how many memory verses they've got but i want them to trust that memory verse and realize how good it can be yeah. i don't want them to just run to devotionals because they're obligated i want them to run because god might show up yeah or they might be ready and you know and and so it's like just just the concept of that and i really thought it was relatable this last week to quite a few people have just like, once you have something really good in your life, how much you want to have it again? Mm-hmm. Like how much you're like, dude, you remember that cheeseburger that, you know, you're like, remember yeah. that piece of dessert or that cake or that. Yeah. And it really, I think resonated where I think people forgot maybe how good God was, or maybe have heard about how good it is, but have never made room to really taste. And then the thought process of having that be a linchpin to whatever you're trying to figure out in your life that maybe inviting God into it is actually the thing you're missing. I, I think a lot of people over, they overthink it. They overact, you know, they're yeah. overproductive in the sense of what they think they need rather than running to the one that I think would have yeah, the answer. It's, it's the difference between self-dependence and codependence, mm-hmm. which I don't think we really said in the series. And no, not, but, not yeah. that you need to, that's just an angle to take from, but there's a, especially in the Midwest, especially in conservative circles like these and whatever, a very pull yourself up by your bootstraps, make something of yourself, give, 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 sacrifice, and then die. Yep. And like, and you'll never make it anywhere unless you do it for yourself. And it's almost evil for somebody else to help you. Yep. Meanwhile, that's not how God set up relation with him to work. It isn't, I pick the guys who are the best producers of stuff and things or the best caretakers. Yes. It's usually... I picked the guys who are a lost cause. <laughs> who <laughs> who couldn't, couldn't do this without him. Couldn't do this if they tried. And I think that was my whole, yeah. my like, the big turning point in the middle of this last week was this 
fallacy that we easily fall into as mm-hmm. like people that grow in faith that we should be growing in our in our uh, ability to not need God and like and grow in our ability to not depend on God because it's like we, I don't know if it's just parent child relationships where we're like yeah. I don't I need to not depend on my parents anymore like I need to yeah. be on my own you know and so we think that spiritual maturity looks like us learning how to do things without God yeah and it's not a spiritual maturity is learning to trust God and actually invite him in to a deeper place. And that's why when I read Colossians and that concept yeah. of like, that's the mystery is God in me, Christ in me, yeah. the hope of glory um, is this uh, concept of like me and God are inseparable, no longer yeah. apart, but together. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard because I feel like, like you said, we're taught to, um, maybe not totally consciously, but we're taught that good Christian maturity, what it means to be a man or a woman or an adult, a a productive citizen, whatever these mean, it is to be totally self-sufficient, to be highly skilled, and to where everybody depends on you and you don't depend on anybody. And again, that's not the New Testament Christianity. Actually, I was like that, the mystery, Christ in you, um, uh, there are a bunch of examples. Paul seems pretty busy in the New Testament. Yep. But at the same time, there are a good chunk of moments. Like, he seems busy, but it's recording his busy moments between 15 years before he even goes out the first time yep. <laughs> of waiting yep. and waiting and waiting and waiting. That's a sign of, like, depending on God, is not acting. When the world seems busy and it keeps spinning, things keep happening, and you just wait on God, and wait until he tells you to do something or say something or whatever. That's a that's a real New oh, Testament yeah. act of faith and suffering. Yes, that is so many places in the New Testament is like is like what a gift and a blessing it is to suffer at the hands of the unrighteous while you're just waiting or while you're just being faithful right. or kind yep. and your good character will like make them feel bad for making you suffer Keep and even burning just, coals on their head. Yeah. But also just <laughs> suffering in general, even if nobody's causing it. Yep. What, how much more are you like Jesus? Cause you're suffering pain and patience, so all these, man, hmm. all these ways. I feel like the self-dependency is one of those big, one of the biggest ways of that. Uh, our, our Christian culture is different from yeah. what Jesus did and who he was. And I said it multiple times in this series, but you know, for whatever reason, it's so easy to think that our spiritual maturity looks like our our ability to invite God in to what we're doing rather mm-hmm. than getting quiet and asking God where what he's up to and joining in with him. And the difference there is we we use God like a tool or we yeah. use God like um a great serum that makes us stronger. Yeah. <laughs> turns us into a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> but rather than seeing God as the hero and we're joining in in the work that he's yeah. doing. And, you know, I was thinking about this as you're talking, like we are a child twice and an adult once. And what I mean by that is everybody that lives to a right old age, they are fully dependent on people when they are born. And then when they get old enough, they become fully dependent on people again. And that's a part of the cycle of life. And every person gets to that place if they live long enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it's always, it's always sitting in the back of my mind is 
it's a trick in the middle where you think you don't need people. Yeah. Like you don't need another person. And I guess in this series, I wasn't trying to be communal. I was trying to say God wants to commune with you. Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. he wants to be with you um, because he knows that it's he's the answer. Like he's yeah. what you're searching for. Um, it's, it's very similar to like the rich young ruler. Yeah. Where it's like, give up everything and come follow me. To him, he's like, well, that ain't worth it. You know, and I can't do it. You know, and that's God's like, that's the whole point. Like, you, yeah. I'm an addition to your your yeah. collection. Like, I'm, I'm one of the tools in your arsenal, yes. rather than you being one of the tools, <laughs> tools in, in mine. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's the whole point of the relationship with God. Is I think we see God as something we're trying to learn so we can keep him in our back pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see something as we can learn so that when parenting gets hard, we can pull it out and use it when we need it. We see it as something when life gets hard, we, oh, finally we have some answers. Let me go find the answers yeah. and use them. Rather than having this relational, like I read out of um, uh, John 15, this idea yeah. of like being God's friend. It's like, yeah, he's father, he's Lord, he's king, but he wants to also walk with you and be yeah. your friend and like spend time with you. Um, and and not just hang out, but like build intimacy that includes hanging out and includes deep care and wanting the best for you. And like all the best parts of a good, deep, intimate relationship. My uh, youngest son was in the crowd, the first sermon, and uh, I talked about him and I try to be very careful right now because they are in service and they're listening to me and I never want to embarrass them. But I also, I want them to realize that I'm learning and I'm growing with them. Um, and so one of the things I talked about is how Dawson, my youngest, loves to t- tell me all about Minecraft and all about the things in Fortnite. And he wants to he wants to tell me all the things he's learned. And I love learning new things from him. And I've learned so many cool things that he's done and he's accomplished. But I also long for the day that he'll get quiet and he'll let me teach him some things and like let me yeah. share his wisdom. And like he doesn't realize how much I know that he doesn't. No, because we haven't gotten to that place in our relationship yet. So he keeps wanting to tell me more that he learns. And I find it hilarious because the illustration was more about him being quiet and asking me questions and then being ready to listen. And so I talked about how, like, for whatever reason, both sides of that conversation are awesome. Like, God wants to hear what you're learning, wants to have the conversations. I love that my son feels comfortable to come and tell me and talk to me. He doesn't feel like I'm... I know so much more than him, so I'm unapproachable or I don't I don't want to I don't want to I'm not gonna call him stupid if he tells me something that I'm like, I already know that, you know, you little yeah. idiot. You know, like yeah. like I love that. But at the same time, I'm like, at what point does he come and he's like, Hey dad, like tell me all about da 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 or like what do you know or what are you learning? Or what it what would be something you think would be helpful for me to know that I don't know right now? Yeah. Like he doesn't even know to ask those questions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in my mind, I'm like, how much more than is our relationship with God where I just rush through things? Yeah. You show up and you have your notepad and your agenda. And uh God, I wanted to let you know that I cleaned out the ice machine in the church and and God, like he's supposed to sit there and press, <laughs> like, wow, I couldn't do that. Like, <laughs> like yeah. And I just, I find, I, and I guess that that to me is like the conclusion of this series is the concept of like, what if you made room for God and then he, you did it consistently and subconsciously you've done it so much consistently that it becomes a subconscious decision to depend on him. And that dependence, when you, when it's trustworthy and faithful, it leads to intimacy. And then that is something that I feel so sad if somebody has, has been in church for any amount of time, five years, five months, five days, 
and they've never experienced that. Like this concept that God has come through, he has shown himself faithful, Mm -hmm. you personally trusted him, and now you know he's real. Like it's not... It's not a hope. It's not a in the sense of, of like uh, somebody else describing it. it. It's not something that you long for. It's like something that's come and and come into you, come yeah. into your life. Yeah. Um. And I feel like that's the fuel for so much uh, of what we do. And I think I just was hoping that that and you know Justin, who I work out with, yeah. came to me after service. He goes, "You mean you're really challenging us? Like you trying to push us? Like I'm like." Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's important. Yeah, I'm like, it is. I, what's so cool is I, f- I feel like, and you'd probably agree, that God seems at moments and seasons to just like line up two or three sources of information in our lives to agree and say the same thing. And it's usually about spiritual stuff or moral, social, mm-hmm. how we interact in our relationships, whatever. I feel like I've been hearing this sermon series since a week before you preached it because of a book I've been reading very slowly and I needed, it's not even that long and I'm only a third of the way through. It's okay. Um, We're slowing down, right? We are slowing down. (laughs) It was a book that I, a book that I read by David G. Benner called the gift of being yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, that sounds self-helpy. So I was also like terrified of reading "Mm." it, (laughs) but it was suggested by a friend actually let me borrow it. And it's been so good because he's been, this guy's been talking about how, relational knowledge with God and in any, in any sense is the most valuable kind of knowledge. Again, the, you can tell somebody what honey tastes like or learn the adjectives that are attributed to what honey tastes like. And then you can taste it for yourself. And that's a completely different thing. So this guy talks about, um, he talks about Peter and he gives a really good explanation of relational knowledge versus just like factual data knowledge. And he says, if you asked Peter, throughout his life, interacting with Jesus, what do you know about Jesus? Mm. The way he talks about what he knows would change. So he said, if you ask him right after Andrew gives his spiel and tries to get Peter to come meet Jesus, but he hasn't met him yet, he's he's just hearing an eyewitness talk about it. If you ask him after a year or so what he thinks about Jesus, he would say maybe something like, I think he's the Messiah. Yeah. And I, th- I know he can do some of these cool things, some of these tricks. Um, but if you ask him, is God a forgiving God? He would say, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. But you ask him on the beach after Jesus has come up to him, he's betrayed Jesus at his own crucifixion, said he doesn't even know the guy and he should be cursed if he's lying or whatever. And, and then Jesus comes up and does this whole, Peter, do you love me? And this whole repentance thing, after that experience with Jesus, rather than just reading the prophets and the Torah and the mm-hmm. whatever, rather than just reading about it, after that experience with Jesus, he's like, I know. I know. He's forgiving. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I'm the proof. Yep. I mean, and that's part of the reason when we talk about grace and love and truth, I only can go on what I've received both in knowledge and relationship. And, you know, I think that's that's always the hardest part is like, do you want the gifts of Jesus or do you want Jesus first? And like what I mean by the, like, do you want the, the, the good things you get from being in a relationship with Jesus or do you really just want Jesus? Yeah. Um, it'd be like, do you, do you want a friend or do you just want someone to impress? 
Um, do you want a wife or you just want somebody that the pleasures of having a wife? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the relational side is I think what gives structure to the purposes of those things. Friendship is not just about impressing someone. It's also having someone to sit in a foxhole with. It's also having someone to grieve with, to celebrate somebody with. Somebody to trust in. Someone to, to, to walk with. Yeah. Um, marriage is someone that not only brings pleasure, but I think it's someone to sit through hard seasons of pain with. And I think it's someone that challenges us to yeah. grow. It's and all my, all my, when I was in Bible college, me and a lot of my friends were getting married about the same couple of years. Mm-hmm. And every time somebody would get married and we'd wait six months and be like, how's marriage been? And it's not usually like, it's flawless. It's yeah. usually like, wow, this is challenging. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, I even said this at the friend who I borrowed the book from at his wedding I wasn't the best man, but a few, they had like 24 mm-hmm. groomsmen and bridesmaids. And like, so it wasn't like, you're my best man. And then the other 12 disciples, <laughs> it was like, uh, and so I was one person to, to talk at his reception. And I said, like, marriage is great. Marriage is a blessing from God. On top of that, marriage is a mirror at your own selfishness. Mm-hmm. You will have felt fine doing a bunch of stuff beforehand. And now are going to, every time you make those same actions that are just carnal, it's like, I feel hungry at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. You can't just go eat something and then, like, <laughs> have no conversation <laughs> about it. Yep. But it'll be like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> or, hey, why are you spending all this money at come and go 9 at night every <laughs> night? Or, hey, why, like, you yep. will see every minor bad or habit. Why didn't not you ask if I way, wanted something? Yeah. yeah. Like, or, yeah, or yeah. like, why did That's you not invite one. me? <laughs> yeah. It's like now everything you do is, is scrutinized. Everything I'm saying sounds really negative, but I just mean like no, it's you're, you have somebody who is holding you accountable for the implications of all these minor decisions. All your decisions now have two two people in the yeah, center. Yeah, two people they affect mm-hmm. instead of just one. Just that's one. A, that's way better. And than that's what I was and saying. that's and that's exactly what what walking with Christ is. It's, yes. it's that, and that's why you you know that's why Paul uses marriage like the the idea of marriage is yeah. like what Christ in the church and all that. Yeah, and I really. I really think that makes sense, especially when I mean I've been married. I'll be seventeen years in May, which is wild mm-hmm. to say out loud. Um, you know, when you think about what marriage really does, and I know there's a good significant people out there, a good significant amount of people that have even had a marriage that's gone really mm-hmm. bad, or they've never been married. Um, and what I mean this is what marriage is intended to be is is an example of what it's like to live with Christ. And to know that Christ is actually including you in his decisions. He wants to you to feel valued, you to feel loved, you to feel mm-hmm. fulfilled. And like that's a part of what he's doing. He's not operating on a selfish tone. Love is always at the core of what he's doing. And that means you're on his mind. You're included in it. Now, it may yeah. not always feel like it's the easiest thing, but it it's definitely a part. And what he's asking is, join in with me, like mm-hmm. include me in your decisions. And that's a central theme in scripture. It seems yep. Yep. so like scandalous mm-hmm. that God would be like, I want to include you in on my plans when I'm <laughs> the creator of the universe and, yep. and uh, have done all this stuff. But literally all of scripture, you read Genesis and it is just, I'm electing you to be my representative. Yep. And then you afterwards, and then you and you and you, yep. and uh, even even Hosea, yep. you have a special job to do for me. And it 
will produce nothing. Yep. <laughs> It'll be not really hard. <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah, yep. you will accomplish next no, to nothing, nothing, if not nothing. nothing. Yep. Jonah, you will do exactly what you don't want to do. Yep. <laughs> like if it's not, it's not that God's out here doing all this stuff and we don't know about it. Usually, he's he's bringing people in yep. to do the thing that he's gonna do. And half the time it's people ill-equipped or who don't want to do it. <laughs> or don't even get to see the results of what or they've that, done. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, we talked about this, but like Joseph, the father, earthly father of Jesus, never got to see his earthly ministry, Yeah, which would have been wild to have this like scandalous thing, start start his whole thing. And then He's he doesn't even, even get, to run, get to see how it goes. You know, like obviously maybe, you know, depending on your view of like how heaven works, if it's just an instantaneous to the end of time or yeah. if he's asleep until, but I mean, it's just like, so last he knows, he's like, so he's pretty good. He's a decent carpenter. You know, that's yeah. that. he's like, I don't know. He's pretty good at knowing the scroll of Isaiah, evidently. Uh, uh, screwed a couple. Good enough carpenter to, to get some work, not good enough to afford a house. Yes. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jesus, for that joke. <laughs> uh, but it just, it's just yeah. wild to think about. Well, yeah. here's the, to wrap this whole thing up. I think the challenge that I had, and I had this was at the very end of the, of the sermon, and I I wanted to make sure that I said this just just in case somebody was was tuning in. I wanted to wrap it up for you. I said this series is this: making room for God consistently, depending and trusting in Him, creates the mystery of divine int- intimacy. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that it creates this mystery way of you knowing what Hebrews says. It is something that we hope for that we cannot see, but we are attached to it. It's something that we know is real, even though we can't see it. So these three weeks, I said this, find time without a plan, but to listen and learn from God. Make a consistent choice, which if you want to look at that resource online, we have 21 resources to make a choice to place Jesus in your life consistently and then depend on him. It's how he proves he can be trusted. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste the honey. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think if you do nothing else in 2024, I, re- I wrote this and I truly believe it. God in you is what you're looking for in 2024 yeah. at a deeper level, at a more honest level, in, in a more consistent way. That's what you're looking for. And whatever it is, your business, your marriage, your friendships, your personal life, your family, whatever it is, I promise, if you insert God in you and then you go into that situation with his voice in your head, with his his comfort, his truth, his wisdom, his reassurance, it will change what you're looking for. I promise. It really is. He is faithful. He will walk through. I am not saying he's a genie. I'm saying whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Because the passage that I read where Jesus says, I am your friend, he says, I will give you whatever you need. And I clarified that. Pray to the Father. That is not a, I get a Lamborghini tomorrow? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Inside the context, it's I will give you whatever you need to love well. That's the context of that. Whatever you need to love like like I love, ask me and I will give it to you so that you can love like me. That's patience. I can do that. If it's gentleness, mm-hmm. I can do that. If it's selflessness, I can give it to you so that you can love like me. All you have to do is ask. And I, I promise you, and this is one of the things I said, you're, you, you, have, you will have no greater disappointment in 2024 than if you do not make room for God. It will be your greatest yeah. disappointment. And I said, those, that is a choice that you'll have to make, and it's a choice that I'll have to make. And I think knowing that that's right now, not, not that the start of the year is everything, but I think yeah. it is to us a linchpin, linchpin moment to make a small change that could have a giant big connection 
for 2024. And so yeah. I hope that if you're listening to this or watching this, um, that if you'll just find a way, maybe it's your drive to Springfield, drive to work, shut things off, and turn into an eight-year-old <laughs> that's mm-hmm. looking at a guy that knows a lot more than you and just ask him to talk and just listen and do that consistently. And I think you'll be surprised how much you will grow and learn and you'll learn to depend and trust what he says and that trust, it will taste good because it leads to the divine intimacy that you're looking for with God. So yeah, that's the linchpin. Yep. <laughs> that's it. When I heard the title, I was like, 14 <laughs> tricks to make God do what you want. Here's the linchpins. I was like, especially because it was plural, I was like, yep, waiting for it. It's like the cheat codes, up, up, down, down, left, right, start. Right, left, right, left. Yeah, up, down, <laughs> select. Oh, yeah. man. What game is that for again? You don't remember? I feel, I feel like I remember it from I think the it's Nintendo Contra. 64. I think it's Contra. I think it's Unlimited Lives on Contra. If you know that, put it in the compliments. I think in, com- the, compli- in, the, in com- the comments. In the comments. Put it in the comments if you know it. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's Contra, uh, which sounds like a Christian band from the 90s. But it could not. be Perfect Dark, which is also sounds like <laughs> a Christian a band dark. from the 90s. Such, such a good game. Okay, well, this podcast, I, I digress. Hey, uh, thanks so much for listening, Mom, and I appreciate you and uh, everybody else that listens. And yeah. if you have any uh, thoughts of what you'd like to hear us talk about or or podcast for more on, uh, topics, conversations, verses, whatever it is, we always mm-hmm. love suggestions. Uh, I know there's a few new listeners that have, have jumped on here because of the linchpin idea of like just yeah. adding something into your life. Had a couple people said they've enjoyed that. If you're still listening right now, thank you so much. Leave a review, um, share with a friend. It always helps mm-hmm. uh, get the word out there. So nothing else, Ryan? Just thank you to two other faithful listeners, my mom and Zach. Appreciate you, Zach, and Ryan's mom. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Have he a great and glorious day in the Lord. See ya.